Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's on the Pile. I'm Nathan Besner, and joining me is Shane Lee. Hello from Nate's basement. Yeah, we're in my basement. Shane's visiting. Um, we're going to talk about video games this episode. Uh, it's another gaming podcast. Uh, and I thought we would start with uh, Shadow of the Colossus, which is a game I absolutely love. Uh, and you have just played for the first time. Yeah, I tend to not like boss fights in video games. I find them, you know, stressful and scary and stuff. And when I heard this game is literally just boss fights, I just thought, well, I'm never playing that. <laughs> um, but, I've, you know, I liked Eco, so I've always been curious about this game. And people love it so much. And then one of our listeners actually demanded that I play it. Yeah, that's so, right, Anders. Yeah, so I ended up, not too long ago, buying it on the PS3 store, which... This is right before they announced it was closing, which I think they took back. They're just closing the Vita store now, right? Yeah. yeah. Are they closing the Vita store? I think they went back on that one, too. Okay. But when they announced it, I was like, hey, I was just using that. <laughs> I, otherwise, I would have thought, yeah, who cares about the PS3 store? But uh, So I tried that for a while. Then you let me borrow the PS4 version, so I played it on PS5. And, you know, so you know, they say each Colossus has really two parts, like finding them and then trying to beat them. I would say it has three parts. Finding them figuring out how to beat them, and then wrestling with the camera and controls to actually execute. The um, I like the middle part. I like figuring out how to beat them. The, uh, the controls, I mean, they're old, and they didn't really update them too much. I found them very wonky. and um, I think they were always wonky, really. Even, even when it came out, it was really hard to get used to their control scheme. Yeah, I went back to the... So I switched back and forth just to compare. I think the main difference is they changed the jump button from triangle to to x which is a lot more natural okay um but even i didn't love looking for them either because that sword light doesn't always help sometimes the path because it's just a straight line to where the boss is and sometimes it's so convoluted it doesn't make any sense sometimes i just ride around looking for something new uh, a new path whether other than uh, instead of following the light because the light would just lead me into a mountain or something like that yeah i remember um, running into that a couple of times yeah so i ended up looking up some of these just because it was just so arduous trying to find them i know that's 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 not a hard part of the game i'm just lazy i just, just want to get to the boss should we uh tell our listeners what uh what the game is about it's mostly about boss fights yeah i think there's a princess who's asleep and then you have to destroy these colossi to to free her i guess like enormous enormous creatures that take up more than the entire yeah. screen yeah you're like in this palace and there's all these statues and you have to go hunt these colossi out one by one and once you do the statue collapses and you get closer to freeing the princess i don't even remember what happens at the end i, I sort of remember you you become a colossus okay and then you fight you, some guys come in to like stop you from awakening the colossus and then you kill them and it becomes a cycle or something like that. That's what I remember. Yeah, I remember playing. I was beating a boss and a friend came over who knew, she knew nothing about the game. She just watched me kill one of the Colossi. And she thought, or she said, I feel kind of sorry for that thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, you get it. Like, that's what you're supposed to feel. Like, she came in cold knowing nothing about it. And, you know, I'd heard when you beat these things, it's kind of sad. It is. Sort of feel bad. The music and everything. Yeah. And these grand Great. majestic things just minding their own business. And this little kid comes in and just kills them. <laughs> uh Oh, controls-wise, I also hated the horse so much. The controls are so janky. Uh, I remember thinking, you know, at some point, they're going to make me fight a Colossus on this horse, and I'm just going to have to quit the game. Luckily, I think there was one boss where you have to you have to ride the horse just to avoid its attacks, and then you can just fight it normally. I actually was happy. There's a Right before you get to the last boss, there's a part where the horse falls into the pit and presumably dies, and I was like, yes! <laughs> I mean... The horse was cool as a character, but I, I was just glad I wouldn't have to use it on the final boss because that's what I was afraid of. But I'm like, ah, the horse is gone. I won't have to use it. Yeah. I think the horse comes back at the end. The horse survives. Artax or something? Or Wait, is it Artax? Wait, is Artax the, the, the horse from Never Ending Story? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's something like that, isn't it? It's close to that. Like he says his name every time you call the horse. But I was just relieved I wouldn't have to use it. <laughs> um, the last boss is all climbing. Yeah, that one... That boss took me forever. Uh, my hand was like hurting from clutching whatever button you use to hold on to, to fur. I ended up, um, like I really liked the music in this game, but that boss took me so long, I ended up throwing a podcast on after about <laughs> half an hour because it was just the same music. Yeah. Uh, so I was listening to uh, some food podcast while I was trying to take this thing down. Um, I do want to talk about, so we're going to talk about some harder games later on, but there is one part of this game that took me longer than anything else in any of the games we're going to talk about. There's this fucking jump to get to the third Colossus. 
you walk up this ramp and you have to jump onto this there's like this stone thing and you have to jump onto the stone thing and grab onto the ledge um this thing took me literally two hours because every time you miss you just fall down into the water and then you have to swim back and you swim so slowly and uh so i i did this over and over and i tried it for about an hour and then i rage quit and i was like i might be done with this game uh i went back the next day and took me another hour <clears throat> finally got up to it only to find there was no colossus up there because the game had auto loaded the wrong save oh it, had, it thought i was so this was the third colossus the game thought i was still on the second colossus and i went and looked at the saves and my save my my newest save was the one where i was supposed to fight the third colossus but for some reason, the game auto-loaded the save before that. That's weird. So I jumped up there, no Colossus. Uh, I almost quit the game again. And so I finally tried it again and uh, got up there after another half an hour of trying this jump. And as soon as the Colossus came up, I, I paused it and looked up how to beat the Colossus so I wouldn't have to risk failure and deal with this ever again. Uh, and so this was on the PS4 version. So on, on this jump onto the ledge, there's you have to make this diagonal jump and you can really go left, middle, or right. And right is the one that'll hit the uh, the actual the grip part. I looked it up on PS3. The middle and right both work on that one. So they took away the middle part of the ledge, uh, and they for the PS4 remake. So they made it hard. They made that made that one jump harder for whatever reason. That's bizarre. And would have saved me probably two two and a half hours of grief. And I actually have um on my stream there's a video called f this jump and it's just i think it's like 20 minutes of me failing but uh yeah that was that was the worst part of the game for me i think after that it was it was kind of smooth sailing but i, I just couldn't believe i spent so much time on this stupid jump i uh i played it on ps3 so i never encountered the ps4 jump i have the ps4 game i just mm -hmm. haven't played it i need to do a replay of it yeah, I mean, I looked it up to see if anyone else was having trouble with this jump. I think I saw maybe one post was like, I can't get this jump. And everyone else, I watched videos. People just ran up there and jumped on there. Pissed me off. Yeah. Um, I also I also went back after I beat the game on PS4. So the PS4 game like looks gorgeous and it's like lush grass and all that stuff. I went back to the PS3 and it looks way more washed out. And it's not just because the graphics were worse. I feel like they actually made, purposely made it more lush for the PS4 or made it more colorful for the PS4. Which was kind of odd because I thought the PS3, the whole washed out look, made the world look more like abandoned and, and sort of ruined. Yeah. So it was interesting that they made it look more beautiful for PS4. I guess they were trying to use the power of the machine to show it yeah. off a little bit more. I wonder if uh, the same company, I guess the same company did, uh, I've forgotten what the company's name, but um, I'm, I guess they, uh, they just wanted it to look prettier to, to get more people <laughs> to yeah, play that's it that's true that's what i would that's what i would guess but yeah who did who did do shadow of the colossus i used to know their name and, yeah, they made like eco and the last guardian have which, you played last guardian i've not i've played a little bit of eco which i haven't finished so i guess that's technically on my pile mm -hmm. have not played last guardian is that the one where you have like a pet and yeah you're running around like a giant uh luck dragon yeah yeah i, I, I should check those out i played about 10 minutes of it when I got it because I was really excited it was coming out and then I just never got back to it so that's on huh. my pile okay <laughs> but yeah I enjoyed the game it was worth I'm, I'm glad I finally played it I mean, it's been on my pile for I don't know what came out like almost 15 20 years ago something like that Jesus yeah <laughs> don't say that that's that's a million years ago I remember uh when I first picked it up uh I was uh staying at Jenner's house mm -hmm. and just hanging out there for like a week after AWA Right. Uh, anime I mean, weekend atlanta it was a ps2 game right yeah yeah so that's a long time i think i tried did i ever try it on ps well i played eco on ps2 i don't think i ever tried this i think i watched a friend play it on ps2 but mm. i just thought oh that's a giant boss and that's all you're gonna do nope i'm out <laughs> i like i like the structure of the boss fights and uh, how different yeah. each one is do you have a favorite boss i think one of the ones that's there's a there's a couple of flying ones, right? There's one where you're in the water and you have to jump onto it or something. Was, yeah. yeah, one of the ones where one of the flying bosses. I think I it's kind of early. Boss. I hate the water flying boss, but I love the desert flying boss. Desert flying boss. Oh, okay, yeah. Wait, don't you have to use the horse on that one? To, like, I think so. Okay, that's not that's not why I prefer the water boss because the horse. But uh, yeah, they were both cool. Yeah. I mean, I like both of the flying bosses. I'm just really bad at them. My <laughs> least favorite was the one with the jump. I don't even remember what the Colossus itself was. I think it's just this big uh, dude. It's the guy with the big club. 
okay, you have yeah. to run up the club. Yeah, okay. I'm glad I looked that one up because uh, I, I think that would have I would have died a couple times on that one and then not gone back because of that stupid jump. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a big fan of this game, so uh, I I highly recommend anybody who hasn't played it to give it a shot. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I def- I definitely recommend it. I even as a as someone who doesn't like boss fights, I think uh, I think it's worthwhile. I think the bosses. I mean, the bosses are basically like the level, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we? Uh, unless you had anything else to say on Shadow of the Colossus. Nope. Um, Let's talk for a minute about Ratchet and Clank, which you have not played. Have you ever played a Ratchet and Clank game? So I have the free one, or it, it was free a few months ago on PS PSN or PS Plus, whatever. I don't remember. There's so many PS services, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I downloaded the PS4 version and played about three, four hours, which I like. It's my first Ratchet and Clank. They're they're all kind of the same. They're very similar. Uh, you collect insane weapons and uh, just unload on enemies with them. Uh, there's a little bit of melee, uh, but a lot of shooting. Yeah. And um, they have new guns every time. Like, some guns show up again, but mm-hmm. most of them are brand new for each game. Okay, cool. And uh, Yeah, I think I have, where I'm at, I have, like, two or three different guns. Mm-hmm. And, and they, I definitely do see, like, you switching between them for different situations. Yeah. Or if you run out of ammo, which happens a lot. Yeah, I've noticed that, too. Also, I'm just bad at shooting, so... Yeah. <laughs> they have a little bit of an assist with uh, with the shooting. Like, sometimes the bullets will just suck onto the enemies. Like, they'll just go straight to them, even though you haven't aimed properly. Mm-hmm. That does happen, because uh, it's not meant to be a hard game, per se. It's supposed to right. be a fun game and kind of uh, a game for everybody. Uh, it's not... It's no Dark Souls. Yeah, I mean, the only I think the only level I've died a lot on is just one with lots of platforming, just because I'm not good at 3D platforming. But yeah. I've never found the game, like, super hard so far. Yeah. The new one, um, I've been playing that, and I'm about four hours into that right now. Though I've, I've fallen off it for another game we're going to talk about uh, mm-hmm. later. But um, so far, it's... Uh, you, you, you ha- it's called a Rift Apart, and uh, you, there's this Dimensionator gun that is rebuilt from the last game, from... Uh, into enter the nexus or into the nexus i think it was something like that um this dimensionator allows you to go to different dimensions different mm-hmm. parallel worlds and um uh clank rebuilds it as a gift and then dr nefarious shows up and steals it and breaks the damn thing and uh and opens rifts everywhere and okay. the the claim to fame of the game um because it's on the ps5 and it has uses the ssd uh, you can go into these rifts with no load time. So you have a completely different level and you just walk through it like a window. It's very cool. Okay, I think I've seen, I've seen trailers of this where, where there, or I've seen the trailer for this where you just, yeah, you just open a rift and you just jump in there and then you're just in a new area, which looks awesome. Yeah. It also looks disorienting, but I, mean, I don't know how it is. It's not. It's, okay. it's surprisingly not. Um, it's uh, effectively, it's just changing the same level. Uh, to add different things. Like, the maps remain the same. Oh, so it's like a parallel sort of world? Right. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So that's that's pretty fun. And you get to play as uh, uh, Rivet, who is the Lady uh, lady Ratchet okay. <laughs> in the other I don't universe. Think, yeah, I don't think I've encountered her before. Yeah, she, she's brand new. and uh, Oh, she's new, okay. Yeah. She's uh, she's really fun. It's it's fun to see another Lombax, uh, Ratchet being the last Lombax in the in the universe. Um, it's fun to see another one and get to play as another one because you haven't really done that before. You've seen you've seen other Lombaxes, but uh, you've never gotten to play as one other than Ratchet. Okay, yeah. Um, this she's, is definitely on my list. I just I have a I have a big backlog on my PS5 already, and uh, it's seventy bucks. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, games are expensive now. Yeah. I mean, I know it's only ten dollars more, and and Super Nintendo games used to go upwards of seventy bucks. Like, I got a Super Metroid for like seventy. When, yeah, uh, when I, I was a kid, I think Final Fantasy three or six or whatever you want to call it was seventy five when I got it on yeah. SNES, and that's with inflation, that's probably like a hundred dollars in today's money. Yeah, that's crazy. Games had a they had different price points back then we we had we kind of had it lucky with it with them being 60 bucks for the longest time and that's it like every game was 60 bucks uh but yeah inflation now everything's 70 and i can't afford returnal oh yeah that's (laughs) that's something we can talk about in the future i'll never play returnal yeah i'm almost positive although i've said that about other games we're going to talk about in this episode and i've I've played them i've heard it's kind of like uh 
a Soulsborne Metroid Prime, but it's a it's a uh, roguelike, so it's, it's not really. It, they, I think they only compare it to a Soulsborne because it's uh, uh, difficult. Yeah, and it's a first-person shooter, which I can't really do on console. If there was a PC version, I might be able to play it, but I think it's an exclusive. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure because it's the same people who did um, a couple of other uh, PC uh, uh, PS PlayStation shooters. Uh, I've forgotten the name of it. There's one where you're on this uh, globe and you you fly around and it's a shoot 'em up, a shmup, and um, so they really like to do those arcadey kind of games, and I think Returnal is similar to that. Okay, yeah, but Ratchet and Clank, I would I would recommend so far. I haven't finished it, but if you like Ratchet and Clank, you're gonna it's exactly the same. They don't really mix up the formula too much. They just add a fun thing here and there and. Uh, to freshen it up but the game is gorgeous so if you want to show off what your ps5 can do give it a shot yeah i watched you streaming it it does look awesome i'm I'm looking forward to trying it one day yeah i gotta finish the first one or the the ps4 one first oh yeah i do do plan to do yeah i i like uh i like the whole series so that first one that you got is the remake of the original right i don't know it's just called ratchet and clank yeah it's, it's a remake of okay. the original but they changed some things like they created this uh they used this guy uh captain quark as uh an unreliable narrator okay, to, yeah, to add to new that. things to the game and all that and okay that's cool it's so it's a fun. remake of like the original original yeah from the like, very first one okay from like what ps1 or something or ps2 even, ps2 okay i think it was ps2 i don't think it was ps1 um i have them all somewhere i'll have to i'd have to look on my shelf okay <laughs> But I remember it being PS2. Um, why don't we move on from Ratchet and Clank uh, since I haven't finished it? Uh, I'll probably want to talk about it later once I fin- do finish it on another another podcast. Uh, let's move to the to the uh, the creme de la creme of the episode, the Soulsborne games. Um, and yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's. Uh, and we're gonna start with Bloodborne because that's the first one you played, right? That is. It's uh, so. I played most games on easy mode, and so from soft games were or from from software from soft whatever. Those were games that I thought I would never ever play. They're like so anti the way I like to play games, and uh, but I was always like sort of fascinated with them because of the way people talk about them, and um, the way I my impression of from software, based on no knowledge whatsoever, just based on pure ignorance, was that so people talk about these games how these games are like great at teaching you. They're great at like showing you how to play them or the, the, the level design is very thoughtful. I thought it was all bullshit. I thought, <laughs> I thought from software was like this upstart young American developer, like composed of all these like edgelord get good type people who are like, we're going to make this game. That's ugly and unpleasant to play. And it's going to be hard as fuck. And if you can't handle it, then you suck. <laughs> you know? So when people would talk, like we'll talk about these games, I just thought they were like, they were so happy they got through it that they were like seeing this, they're reading too much into it and, and seeing it through rose-colored glasses. So I thought it was all bullshit. I didn't realize this was, From Software was like this veteran developer who's, they've been making games for like a couple of decades and just refining their formula. Yeah. So I came into this with like this chip on my shoulder. And um, so I I was looking at Nate's shelf and I was like, should I maybe borrow one of these games? Like what about Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2? And I think you said, do Bloodborne instead. That's that's a better place to start. I think it's a yeah. I think it's a good opener. Uh, I think it's easier than the Dark Souls games, and it's definitely easier than uh, uh, Demon Souls. Yes. So I mean, I borrowed Bloodborne. I didn't expect to finish it. I thought I would just try it just to see what the big deal was, and I figured I'd put it away. Um, I got hooked pretty quickly. I mean, I went. So the opening area of Bloodborne is pretty punishing. You got this. You got this fire with like thirty guys standing around it, and. Um, so I went through it so slowly, just, I spent like a two hours just crawling through it, like kiting guys away from it, thinking I was being cheap, but I think that's the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. And it really taught me a lot about just being patient and being thoughtful about what I'm doing. Exactly all the things that people said about these games that I thought was bullshit. You know, yeah. it really like taught me how to play it. Like Bloodborne does sort of reward aggression a little bit, but it also rewards patience because you can't just run in or you're just going to die. Um... I think after that session, I think after the, my first session, I stepped away for a couple of weeks because it was really stressful. I'm like my heart was pounding after clearing out this area. I hadn't even hit a boss yet, um, but I, I think I played Ratchet and Clank for a week or something after that, just to <laughs> it's a palate cleanser. Yeah, just to sort of like relax a little bit. Uh, then I went back and um, 
I did a, I did a lot of research on this game before I started playing it. Not for like spoilers or like walkthroughs or whatever, but I just wanted to be prepared because I was so kind of scared about playing this game. And so I'd heard everyone said that sort of the um the the sort of the 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 the, the break the make or break moment was Father Gascoigne, who's I guess the first required boss. Yeah. And they said you're gonna you're gonna fight him twenty, thirty, forty times and and hate yourself and hate the game. And then once you beat him, like it's gonna click, and you're gonna like fall in love with the game, and you're, you'll finally be like ready to actually play the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, I managed to just kind of wail my way through it in like three tries, which I'm not bragging about because it did feel lucky. But after I beat him, I was like, I've learned nothing. Like I don't <laughs> think I've, I'm any better at this game than I was before. I'm fucked now because I didn't have that moment where I like where it clicked. I'm just like I just managed to button mash my way through this boss. I so, uh, I cheese that boss because there are a couple of graves you can get between mm-hmm. uh, him and you, and he can't hit you if oh, you're, really? yeah, if you're think, standing there. I think you told me, and I was like, "Well, I don't want to do that because I need to learn. I need to like, I need to get that 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 get to that moment where it clicks, and it didn't." Um, so I was like, so I was nervous, but also oddly confident because I'm like, "Okay, well, I kicked his ass three tries." Um, it was actually the next required boss. I think Victor Amelia, who was like. The, the make or break like sort of click moment for me uh she was the one i was stuck on for the longest i think 15 tries i kept track of my tries because you know people told me i'd be stuck on bosses for like 40 tries and i'm like there's no way i'm gonna be able to do that i'll just quit <laughs> uh, i got stuck on her for like 15 tries and she was the only one where i ended up having to watch how-to videos and try to learn her patterns and all that kind of stuff uh, but I really like that boss. I think she's yeah. one of the best looking in the entire game. I think she's my favorite because that's when when I beat her, that's when it really clicked for me. Mm-hmm. And that's when it really became like like this game really got under my skin like in a good way, like where initially all the, the first couple of bosses, so I did fight Cleric Beast who's the first optional boss and then Father Gascoigne. I was just trying to like conquer this game. Like I want to just beat this game. After Victor Amelia, I was like, okay, no, I'm in. I want to you know, I want to play this game. I want to enjoy this game to its fullest and, and beat all the optional bosses and try to do all the secret stuff. So it really became like, yeah, it really became addictive after that. And it was pretty much all I thought about till I finished the game. Yeah. I, I remember I have flashes of, of my play. I played it when it uh, first came out and I still have uh, these, these particular moments in the game that I remember uh, to this day. And I don't usually remember a game very well. I'll remember the, the broad strokes, mm-hmm. but, uh, with this one, I, I remember certain fights that, uh, that I thought were either extremely hard or extremely easy. Mm-hmm. Um, though I, th- I think it was amygdala that I, that I had, uh, that I, I didn't have any trouble with that. A lot of people had trouble with. Yeah. I thought, I think, um, I was streaming that one in, uh, I think Matt, our friend Matt was watching me play that. I think I got that one in a couple of tries. Like that one's not too bad once you figure it out. I think. Yeah. There were some bosses even after I figured them out. Like there's a there's a difference between figuring out and like executing. And I was kind of bad at executing on a lot of these, even if I knew what to do. Yeah. It's. I think about halfway through this game, I decided I was going to run through the entire Soulsborne series. Yeah. And I think I went and ordered Dark Souls one, two, and three immediately. I I still don't have Sekiro and Demon Souls, but I'm going to get them eventually. I'm going to play them all. So you started at Dark Souls one. The very first one after Bloodborne. Yeah. I skipped one and two. I I, I played two at one point, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't get I get I didn't get very far. A couple hours in, and uh, just fell off it because I I don't know. I probably some other game probably came out. You told me two was the best one, and then the the beginning. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't really know what I was talking about because I hadn't played the other two. Like uh, we'll get to it later in the episode, but Dark Souls three I think is Im- just immeasurably better than uh, Dark Souls two. Yeah, I haven't played three yet. Um, I do want to talk about in blood. I guess this applies to all of them. I want to talk about shortcuts in Bloodborne. Um, I've never in a game been so happy to just open a door or pull a lever. It's amazing. Like the way shortcuts work is you'll you'll have these checkpoints. They're called lanterns in Bloodborne, and uh, it'll be like at the beginning of an area, and you'll see you know maybe right away there's this door, and you go to the door and it says the door does not open from this side, and so then you'll go through the level, you fight through hell, and then at some point. At the end of this, you'll see this door, and you'll open it, and you'll find yourself back at the lantern, and you'll realize that's you've now opened the door that lets you bypass all of that hell you just went through, and that's essentially beating the level because usually when you find that shortcut, that means you you're pretty close to the boss and pretty close to the end of a level. So, uh, yeah, f- for me, just opening a door is so incredibly satisfying, and 
I'll even, even even if I haven't gotten to the boss yet, sometimes I'll open, as soon as I open the door, I'll be like, okay, I'm done for today. That's good. I've pretty much beaten this level. And, and that it just, it feels great. It's, the sense of accomplishment is, is hard to describe. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring that up that, uh, of all the games I've ever played, uh, really NES games are the only ones that felt even close to that sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I feel like I've truly done something. I feel rewarded when I complete right. something in a Soulsborne game. And it's, it's, it is a hard, uh, it's hard to describe the feeling, but, uh, you, you really do feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah. I'm sure if someone was watching you and you're playing and you find a door and you open it and you're like, yes. And they're like, okay, you opened a door. Good for you. But it's, <laughs> unless you're in the middle of it, it's, it's hard to really describe like, what a relief that is to find that and then never have to never have to go through that level again unless you want to. Bloodborne is I think it's considered to be one the easiest of the the games though we hear so, something different from everybody. But I think by and large people consider Bloodborne to be the easiest, which is I think why it's a good uh, entry point. Yeah, I mean I've seen every single game on the list like Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Demon Souls, Bloodborne Sekiro. I've seen all of them alternately listed as the easiest or the hardest. I think I definitely think if you're coming from Dark Souls, then people find Bloodborne really hard because in Bloodborne you don't have a shield. You're just all you have is dodging. Yeah. Um yeah, I would say based on the ones I've played so far. So I've played Bloodborne, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2. I think Bloodborne is the easiest of them. Maybe. I don't know. It's, I mean they're so different. It's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. And saying it's easy is kind of a mis- misnomer. <laughs> like, yeah, it's they're not all hard. Really e- yeah, exactly. They're all hard. Um, and uh, Bloodborne has some bosses in the Chalice Dungeons that are just crazy. They have a bunch of stuff in there. Yeah, admittedly, I haven't done those yet. They're a lot of fun. Um, but, I mean, they're not necessary. They're just, if you like the game enough and want to keep playing it, they give you an option, too. Yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I actually like Bloodborne so much I bought Bloodborne the card game and there's bosses in, so they have like all the all the enemies and bosses in that game or not all of them but a lot of them and there's there's bosses in the card game that I haven't seen yet in the actual game probably because oh. they're Chalice Dungeon bosses like there's, oh, yeah. there's, there's like the dog that's on fire it's called oh, like a watcher or something I've never seen that He's I don't remember him being too hard but um no let's talk about that card game briefly okay. uh we played the uh, the Bloodborne card game there's a Bloodborne board game as well but we haven't played that you're gonna play that uh, it's pretty soon, right? Um, it's possible. I don't. I don't our, our friend Brett owns it. He may or may not bring it to our upcoming gathering. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the card game I guess is supposed to emulate the Chalice Dungeons. And then I don't know. Do you want to talk about how it works? Uh, or- yeah. Uh, mechanically, um, you have uh, you have all the players are different ca- Bloodborne character. Your main Bloodborne character. Uh, you get it kind of a deck buildy kind of mechanic with um, uh, different mm-hmm. weapons that you can play. Yeah. It's it's almost like uh, what is that Aquatica, um, Aquatica, where you have you have the oh. cards that you've already got. Oh yeah, and you can buy new cards. You can buy new cards, uh, but you you get those five cards every time you refresh, right? Um, or seven, or what, how up to seven, um, and you just play them one at a time and try to collect blood off of the enemy at the time. Uh, right. If it's a regular enemy, uh, they'll go away at the end of the round. Uh, if it's a a, boss, a mini boss, then they stay out and they just keep hitting you over and over. Um, the enemies ended up, I think, being easier than I expected. Uh, but the strategy of trying to do better than your uh, than the other players that's where the that's where the difficulty comes in, and especially yeah. when you're playing against somebody like our friend Don. Yeah. who just has like a, a beautiful mind for for tabletop stuff it's hard to beat him yeah i guess the game is you're trying to collect blood echoes which in the video game are sort of the, are, are like souls they're sort of the currency and in the game when you die you lose all your blood echoes um or in the video game if you play you, you die you lose all your blood echoes in the board in the card game if you die you also lose them but if you refresh, if you play a certain, you, if you basically pass your turn, I guess is, is sort of how it works. You get to pick up all your cards that you've spent already, and you get to bank your blood echoes, and that's the blood echoes you bank are your score. Yeah. And so you're just trying to bank more blood echoes than, the, than your your uh, competitors. And there's there's ways you can screw your competitors too, which Don was great at. Yeah, he's really good at that. I think he has like a weapon because you play your card simultaneously. I think he had a weapon that he kept on using. Where if anybody else is using a ranged weapon, they take damage or something, something like that. I think I think he got one of their blood echoes. 
Oh, yeah, he got to steal your blood echoes if you used a ranged weapon. Yeah. Stuff like that. I think I had a weapon. I, I was using the cannon where every time I fired it, you and Don would take uh, damage. Yeah. It was fun, too. And it hit, it hit it hard on the enemies. Yeah. So it, it, I think the game was all right. Um, yeah, I would agree. I think it's it's all right. It's nothing. I, I would play it again, but it wouldn't mm. be my first choice. It's a it's a good uh, starter game for the evening. Yeah, it's pretty short. It does capture some aspects of Bloodborne, but also totally just whiffs on others. I think. Yeah, they don't do any of. The, there's nothing to equate like dodge rolling and all that. Yeah, it's mostly just pick your weapon and then try not to die. Yeah. <laughs> They're more closely related to uh, cacti than, uh, you know, the earth primates, but... Deep in the forgotten corners of our galaxy, a mighty space hulk blazes through the stars. Its crew, a motley gang of misfits who are just out for a good time. He's sparking for fuck's sake. They have harnessed the mysterious fuel called nostalgia. And we're off, alright. By remembering the cartoons of their youth. Now, standing in their way, the evil Emperor Zorbak. Stand down and Who just wants to shut their screw down and conquer every planet along the way. Thankfully, their ship holds a weapon with enough firepower to restore the balance. Yes, you neglected the anime space cannon. They are the bastards of the universe. I think you know damn well who we are. Thursdays at 8. Let's cast this pod. Only on Twitch. Um, well, why don't we, uh... We also have played, uh, the Dark Souls games between the two of us. we played all three of... We've been playing all three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, you're still on two right now. And yep. I'm on three. Uh, but let's start with Dark Souls 1, because I haven't played that, and I'm about to start a playthrough of okay. it as soon as I finish three, because I borrowed your copy. Right. Yeah, so I, I went from Bloodborne to Dark Souls 1 Remastered, and that transition was rough. I mean, the slow movement, the older graphics, the uh, the clumsy rolling. You know, in, in, so you have so stamina is an important stat in all these games. And I think in Bloodborne, even if you run out of stamina, you can still roll. I think I never I never paid attention to stamina in Bloodborne. Yeah, I never did like, either. Every now and then, if you ran out of stamina while you're just wailing away, sometimes he won't attack if you're out of stamina. Like I think that happened every now and then during a boss. But like in Dark Souls, if you run out of stamina and you try to roll away, you'll just stand there and you <laughs> get hit in the face. So that was rough. Like the first few bosses on in Dark Souls, I got destroyed because in in Dark Souls you can use a shield and you can just block attacks. It, it takes up stamina, but um, you can just stand there. I was just trying to roll around like I was rolling in Bloodborne. So I would just run out of stamina and just stand there and just get killed. <laughs> so that was rough. Um, I finally realized I could use my shield and uh, got a little better. You know, in Bloodborne, I was having fun. I think I said earlier, like by the first, that first area where you have to kite the guys around the bonfire, I was having fun. In Dark Souls, I got through, like Dark Souls, the first thing that happens is you get a task. The guy tells you you have to ring two bells, which I think is about like a third of the game to, to accomplish that. That whole first third, I was I would say, like the game was compelling me to keep playing, but I didn't know if I was having any fun. Oh. Whereas in Bloodborne, I was having fun right away. Yeah. Um, I, I like the action-y aspect of, uh, of Bloodborne, and uh, I'll talk more about it later, but uh, uh, Dark Souls 3 is, is very Bloodborne-y. In, in that mm -hmm. way, it's, it's I think, more action-y than uh, what I played of Dark Souls 2. Right, and I really like the setting of Bloodborne, which is the sort of, like, Lovecraftian hellscape, yeah. which which was not, which is not my thing at all, but, you know, I, I really loved it. And Dark Souls is my thing. I love medieval stuff, which or, you know, medieval fantasy. For some reason, that wasn't clicking for me. Um, the moment for Dark Souls that clicked was a place called Sen's Fortress. I think you watched me play it, Nate. Yeah. It's a place full of traps, just full of bullshit. Um, I, I do want to tell you. I think I talked to you about this the other day. I want to, do want to give one example of just how trolly this place was. So there's this lift that goes from the first floor to the second floor. It just goes up and down, and you get on the lift on the first floor. You go up, and it's fine. You go to the second floor, do whatever. If you try to get back on the lift from the second floor, turns out the lift doesn't just go up and down. 
it goes up and then when you get on it goes up again into a ceiling of spikes and just <laughs> kills you instantly and i was just like what the fuck that is pure trolling on the part of the designer there's no reason that a lift would ever have to do that like why would it go into a ceiling of spikes but um but so i got through that part it took me a couple hours and i think i had nate and another friend watching on stream like laughing at me every time i got killed by some bullshit cheap thing like a boulder showing up and just you know rolling over me yeah but like that was the part that made that area made me feel better at the game it made me feel like i was improving yeah and that's where it really started clicking and i became addicted and i mean that's almost halfway through the game but still oh i think those games take some getting used to uh they're they're really they're really unique um which Mm -hmm. is why they created their own genre right um and you have like uh uh Star Wars, the Star Wars uh, Jedi Outcast uh, is very Soulsborne-y, uh, mm-hmm. where you have uh, not bonfires like in Dark Souls, but uh, uh, you have little places where you can rest and the enemies come back, and uh, you have to be very methodical, mm-hmm. and uh, you have different stances uh, and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, it's uh, it's a genre that's, uh, that I like very much. Uh, Neo is, is a good example of another one that came out of out of the genre. Yeah, that's on my list. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's I would say it's more actiony like uh, like Bloodborne. Okay. Um, you do have to be methodical, and there are some really difficult bosses. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, it's uh, it's it's lighter than Dark Souls. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Th- I'm not sure if there's anything that's really topped the difficulty of Dark, Dark Souls in the Soulsborne style. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll, another one I want to try is Code Vein, which is like which has been described as anime Souls. <laughs> it looks really nice. Uh, I mean, graphically, it looks really cool. You can actually customize your character, whereas in Dark Souls, no matter what you do, your character is just hideous. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I named my character um, Hortense. As, I'm playing a female. Um, so we watched uh, Babe in the City for uh, or Babe Pig in the City, and uh, do you remember the? Um, the awful lady across the street who was always complaining about the uh, the yeah. animal hotel. Her name was Hortense. And I was like, what an awful name. So when I started Dark Souls, I created my character. She was so hideous. I was like, I'm just going to call her Hortense. And uh, I've, I've, I've continued that in Dark Souls 2, and I'll probably do that with Dark Souls 3 as well. Yeah. I I always just use Punch Bunny. Yeah. That, I should probably... Well, I don't know if I want to call my character Murder Donut. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, oh, and these games have, like, so much gear. It's, like, overwhelming. I mean... Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and you get multiples of the same the same yeah. gear. Like I have like seven Lothric Knight sh- Great Shields in my inventory right now. I I guess I can yeah. sell them. I've pretty much in, in the two games I played so far just used this, including Bloodborne, just used the, like, the starting weapon and just leveled that up and used that for the whole game. And I ended up for part one ended or Dark Souls one ended up running running around naked for a lot of the game because it just makes you so much faster. Like I'd watched runs before people playing this game. I thought they were just showing off that they didn't need armor. Like, <laughs> like why is everyone running around naked? Turns out it makes you a lot faster. And um, armor is it's not negligible, but it's not as big of a deal as speed mm-hmm. as as I found. So I just run around naked until I until later on I found like a lighter armor set that I could still you know run at full speed. I haven't had the chutzpah to to go naked yet because I, I always assume it's just harder to play. And I'm not great at dodge rolling in uh, in Dark Souls 3, so mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, I'm better at blocking. Yeah, I think Dark Souls 1 I've mostly been blocking, but I still I still went naked just for the like the for certain attacks or certain 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 attacks to dodge. I would I would go naked. Yeah. Did you uh, did you have like a favorite area or boss in the first Dark Souls? First Dark Souls, I guess Sen's Sen's Fortress was my first my favorite area. The boss for that area is, was boring. Uh, my favorite boss, I would say, um, maybe Calamite, who's in the DLC. He's just this giant dragon who uh, I had some trouble with. It took me maybe maybe ten tries. I think at the end of Calamite, I ended up by the end of the game, I had twenty Estus flasks. That's what you use for healing. I used up all twenty on that boss. Oh wow! Which was the only time I've ever done that. It's just this really cool dragon. Uh, Not much else to say about it than it's a dragon. It shoots fire at you. It tries to claw you, but it it was a really cool fight. Those dragons can be really dangerous in those games, though. Like, uh, there's there's one that I haven't gotten to in uh, Dark Souls 3 yet. I think it's Dark Souls 3, where um, uh, you can't really hurt it unless you uh, jump on top of its head and stab it in the brain, and you have to go through this whole level to get to that. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to get to it. Yeah, I think the level design of these Dark Souls games are really cool. I mean, I think it varies. Like Dark Souls One, you, 
it's sort of all one big area. It doesn't feel like it when you're playing. It does. It feels like you're going. Like you might be, you're like you're like in a castle. Then you'll go out in the forest, and you'll feel like you're really deep in the forest. And then you'll open a door, and you'll be back at some early area. And it's like, oh wow, this is all connected. Um, I feel like having played Bloodborne, I feel like they really refined the whole shortcut thing in Bloodborne. I think those were really well designed. I, I feel like in Dark Souls, when you open a shortcut. It, it felt like the designer saying, "Okay, fine, you can have this shortcut." <laughs> Whereas in Bloodborne, it feels like that's what you're playing for. Like you're you're going for the shortcut. Uh, that's how you beat the level. In Dark Souls, I don't feel the shortcuts are, you know, they're they're useful, but you don't have like the quick run up to the bosses like you have in Bloodborne. You still have to fight a little bit after you find the shortcut in Dark Souls One, at least. They might have changed that in Three because I think Bloodborne Three or Bloodborne and Dark Souls Three were sort of made together or made yeah. in parallel, so they're. There's a lot of like just DNA swapping back and forth there. Yeah, there are a couple of uh, enemies and bosses in uh, Dark Souls Three that are very bloodborne-y. Yeah, uh, I, you saw me fighting the uh, the spider dog. Yeah, it uh, definitely and, looked like a bloodborne boss. Yeah, and that it was pretty easy, but and the speed and cool. and I guess we're jumping ahead, but the speed in Three is is, is very bloodborne-y. Yeah, the speed of the enemies, the speed of of your dodges, stuff like that. That's why I'm a little nervous to go back and play one and two. Uh, oh, it's gonna feel different. Yeah. Um, you were so. Should we should we jump to Dark Souls three or? We can talk about it. Uh, we can yeah. We can definitely talk about it. Uh, yeah, we we can touch on we can circle back and touch on two a little bit later. Yeah. But you were you were fighting this boss in Dark Souls three called the Abyss Watcher. Yes. Who was so fast and was kicking your ass, and we watched a video on it. And the guy said he was he said the Abyss Watcher moved very similarly to Artorius, a boss from Dark Souls One. So I went back and watched my fight for, with Artorius. It is a tough fight. It is a very cool fight, but it is so slow. He does have like the same moves, but so much slower. Uh, like it looks, yeah, it looks like a it looks like a different game. It's it's, it's such a different pace. I hear there's a there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of callbacks for, in Dark Souls Three to Dark Souls One. Yeah, there's I've seen a lot of enemies in your your. So I've been watching you play Dark Souls Three. I've seen a lot of enemies that are from One. I think it's a direct sequel. I think Two is sort of like not like a side story, but I mean it's related, but it's it's not a direct sequel. And I know there's areas that you can go to in Three that are like later versions of the same areas that you've been to in One. Like you have Firelink Shrine in one and three, and it looks totally different in three. Yeah, I I will say uh, the lore is a little dense. <laughs> I, I haven't paid too much attention to it. There there are mm -hmm. certain uh, phrases and and certain characters that show up over and over, and I, I'm getting used to those. But I have not gotten into a lot of story elements. Like I haven't been talking to a lot of people, and apparently you're supposed to. Yeah, I don't either. I I, I don't really do that much NPC stuff. I think even in Bloodborne. I had to go back. I went and watched the video afterwards. I, I guess you piece together the story by if you every item you get, if you read the item description, they'll have like little tidbits. Um, all the conversations you have will like have little veiled references, and you know, there's people out there who've made like you know when they're looking for a serial killer in a, in a cop movie, where they'll have like all the pictures on the wall and all the pieces of yarn connecting everything. Like I think they take like every tiny bit of item lore or every NPC dialogue and like have pieced together the stories. So I, I watched the video on, on the Bloodborne story. I watched the video on the Dark Souls story after the fact and was like, yeah, I never had any idea this stuff was going on. I was just fighting bosses, just trying to get through these areas. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'll probably watch a YouTube video to catch up on it once uh, at yeah. some point. Yeah, I would wait till after, I think. Um, unless you care about spoilers. Unless you don't care about spoilers. No. I don't really, mm -hmm. uh, especially with the lore of these games, since it's so dense and I'm probably not going to recognize what's going on when I play the game. I don't even consider it a spoiler. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the story, you might just hear a lot of names that don't mean anything to you. Yeah. And then there, there'll be bosses that you fight later on or something. Yeah. There are plenty of NPCs, and uh, I've been watching uh, a walkthrough uh, side by side with my playthrough uh, from uh, Fighting Cowboy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. um, he keeps finding these NPCs that I've never seen. And he'll be like, oh, this NPC died because I didn't do such and such. And I'm like, well, I never saw them in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've killed NPCs on accident, by accident. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll just, oh, there's a guy attack. And then, so I think NPCs, you're, you're not supposed to be able to target them. Like if you hit the, what is it, the R3 button, that's mm -hmm. how you target enemies. If, if it's an NPC, it won't target um, but sometimes if I see a guy, I'll just attack it. And then I'll find out later, you just killed a guy and he had like a quest and he could have helped you and stuff like that. I need to I need to talk to the NPCs because they do give quests and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and they give you items. I don't think I've ever done an NPC quest. I've, I'll like talk to an NPC until they give me an item. 
or all, you know, you're supposed to exhaust all your all the dialogue, and usually at the end of the dialogue, they might give you an item or a quest. If they don't give me an item, I'll just leave. I don't think you really play these. Well, I guess a lot of really deep uh, fans uh, really love the lore and love the story and whatnot, but I don't think the primary purpose of these games is the story. It's it's the mechanics. Yeah, I'm, I've never really cared that much. It's, it's kind of interesting afterwards just to get a sense of what was happening. But it was never like the driving force. Like, oh, I need to know what happens next. No, I need to kill the next boss, you know? Yeah. Uh, Neo is is similar in that regard. Uh, I don't... I just remember escaping a prison. And that's the extent of the story. That, that that's Dark recall. Souls 1. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're in a prison cell. Someone breaks you out. And then you find him dead. And he gives you an Estus flask. And then you're on your way. Oh, wow. And that's and then and then after that, you, you meet a guy who says, go ring these bells. And that's... <laughs> kind of it and i don't even know what those well actually i do know what those bells do now i, I won't say just in case because i know you're gonna play it soonish yeah well, i'll probably watch uh another fighting cowboy video side by side i really like his videos and, yeah uh, i like to go through and watch them after i've done an area to go through and see what i've missed yeah i'll, I'll take notes and stuff or watch I, some of those boss reactions yeah there's, yeah there's boss reaction videos out there that are fun <laughs> i always like to watch them after i've beaten a boss to feel better about myself it's like hey i didn't die to that attack or yeah or i'll go to like I'll go to like Reddit and look at, after I've beaten a boss, I'll go look at Reddit and people will be like, I died on this boss 40 times. And uh, I don't think I've broken 20 on any boss. So yeah. I'll be like, oh, I'm not the worst at this game. Cool. I got up to uh, the the second boss. The first boss in Dark Souls 3 is a tutorial boss, basically. it's mm-hmm. you, you fight like seven guys uh, in the tutorial area and then you meet this boss and you have to fight him. At your lowest level. Is it the boss that transforms into that weird thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's got the parasite on it. Okay, yeah, we watched the boss reaction of that video. That that fight I got through in three times, after three tries, and I thought, okay, okay, this feels right. This feel, I feel I'm feeling pretty good about the game. And then I got into Lothric Castle, um, or I guess it's the high, the high wall, uh, the first area. And you're fighting knights and you're fighting hollows and all these different monsters. And then there's a boss you get to called uh, Vort of the Boreal Valley. And I died to that guy 15, 20 times. And I, I was just like, how in the hell does anybody do this? And I, I almost quit uh, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I'm just not, I don't have the reflexes anymore due to age or something. <laughs> um but uh, And I, I read up on it, and all these people were like, oh, it's one of the easiest bosses in the in the game. You just have to hit your rolls, and I wasn't good at dodge rolling yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up having to use a phantom, and once I had a phantom, um, he does this attack where he charges you, but he doesn't charge you one time. He, he like runs across the room and tries to trample you, and then just turns on a dime and comes back and does it again. and does that like four or five times, and I would get hit every time and just die. Uh, so do you have to like dodge him until he stops doing that? Yeah. And then he's just vulnerable for a long time? Yep. Okay, and then yeah. you back him on the butt probably? Yeah, yeah, you just get behind him and uh, he, he only has frontal attacks, so uh, frontal cone attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you get behind him, he just can't hit you. And so okay. you just kind of dodge around and hit him on the butt and, and you take him out. But I had to use the phantom because uh, the phantom distracted him when he was doing the trample thing. So it trampled the phantom instead of me. And that's how I got through the fight. Okay. Yeah, there's so many of these games where so many of these bosses where you just hit them on the butt and they die, or you hit them on the leg and they die. Like you just this giant thing that's like the size of a house, and you just hit it enough times on its foot, just dies. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, what was the one that uh, the giants uh, in the in the uh, deep uh, where the where the uh, deacons of the dark are deacons of the deep uh, in the cathedral? Those giants, you just hit them in the ankle, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point in the level, you uh, you come up to them and they they you're like face to face with them and their hands can hit you and they can knock out half your health. Yeah. But when you get to the ground, uh, you just hit them in the ankles and they can never touch you. Yep, I ended up fighting a drag- the ancient dragon in Dark Souls Two, which is the boss, which is a huge boss. It has the most hit points in the entire game. Uh, after some frustrating tries, I just I I, fe- I read that you could just hit its toes <laughs> and just get between its toes, hit the left toe, run over to the right foot, hit the toe run back to the left foot, hit the toe, and gradually it would just eventually just die. This huge dragon the size of a castle. <laughs> just hit him in the toes. Just, just the toes. That's kind of, That kind of reminds me of the uh, Wolnir fight that I did with the giant skeleton guy with the bracelets. Mm-hmm. Like, you just hit the bracelets and, and he just dies pretty quickly as long as you're hitting the bracelets. Right. I mean, those bracelets are probably, I'm assuming, giving him its power or giving him the power from the bracelets. So that sort of makes sense. Yeah. 
But uh, that's a boss that uh, I I saw more than one person die on, and mm-hmm. um, and I didn't. I got it in one. Yeah, and, we, uh, we you killed it so fast that when we watched Fighting Cowboy do it, the thing has more attacks than we even knew about. Yeah, he had like poison mist attacks. He had like the giant sword attacks. I just saw you go hit the arms, and then fight some skeletons that spawn, and then hit the other or hit the bracelets, fight some skeletons, hit the other bracelets, dead. Yeah, and it took like thirty seconds. I'm pretty sure that's because I'm doing a dexterity build with the knight sword, so I get like six hits in very quickly mm-hmm. on uh, whenever I do a, an attack. Uh, whereas he was using a great sword, um, and I think that moves a lot slower. And I think it need to be faster in that fight and just get him killed as quickly as possible. Yeah, the builds in these games are, are a little bit of a learning curve. At least yeah, for me. I mean, because there's so many different stats and. So depending on how you want to play, some of them are a complete waste, or some of them will, some of them depending on what weapon you'll use, some of them will scale your damage. You know, it's that's definitely something I had to look up. I can't imagine trying to go into this blind and be like, well, seems like I should have some strength, and and I'm sitting there holding a dex weapon and not even knowing about it. Yeah, I did that for Bloodborne and uh, Dark Souls Three. I'm following mm-hmm. a uh, a build. Yeah, I uh, think like when in doubt, my general rule is when in doubt, just pump a point into health. Like if you don't know what you should be doing next because yeah. health is always good yeah yeah as long as you have a big long health bar that's important um in dark souls 3 i'm i'm uh doing a lothric knight build and uh i, I like it a lot so far it's called the easy peasy knight because mm-hmm. uh, it's just a simple knight uh to to deal with it's good for newbies and uh that's what i am yeah from watching you play it seems like you have solid blocking you have you have decent rolls like, I, haven't, I haven't seen you be crippled by our. I think your fat rolling was what they call it. Your heavy roll because yeah. your, your uh, equipment weight seems okay. You know, you seem to dodge okay. Yeah. In part two, they actually cripple your roll coming out of the gate, and you have to put a stat into something called adaptability, which affects your rolls. Oh. And I believe, I think, um, it's like if you put twenty five points or something into adaptive, like twenty five levels into adaptability, you will have the standard Dark Souls one roll. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> something like that. That's, That's interesting. Crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm. I am. Uh, I'm at ninety percent on my uh, on my weight right now, and it's oh, supposed wow. to be seventy five. Is where you're supposed to keep it under seventy five to to get the good rolls. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I think the armor is kind of offsetting that because I do get hit a bunch. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot to take me down. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you're. Doesn't seem like that's really hindering you too much. Yeah. Even on a Biswasher, who was fast as hell. Abyss Watcher, that that may have been my favorite boss so far, just because it's been so difficult. I mm-hmm. I had about fifteen tries on that one before I got it, and uh, part of that is because I missed an entire area, the mm-hmm. Cathedral of the Deep uh, area. I think that's what it's called. Um, is uh, it's an area in the uh, in the woods that you're kind of running around in, where the Abyss Watchers are, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, path to ruin or something, or t- I don't know. I've forgotten it, and I just played it this morning. Um, but uh, it's a big, giant area where you can go to all sorts of places, and I just missed one little crack in a in a doorway. Yep, that and, happened. Uh, well, it's funny what you say about Abyss Watchers being your favorite boss, because that's how these games go. Like you're, you're on a boss, and you're stuck, and you're like, I don't want to play this boss. This is no fun. This is not fair. I don't want to deal with this boss. And then once you beat him, you're like, that was awesome. That's like my favorite <laughs> boss. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I screamed out yes when yeah. I when I beat him. That's how it was with Sense Fortress for me. I, I I feel like I was maybe miserable when I was playing it, but then as soon as I beat it, I was like, that place was awesome. It was yeah, so much fun. Yeah, I really liked Cathedral of the Deep. Uh, that was a fun fun area. Very difficult. And you're running around on rafters. I should probably go back there and collect some of the items I missed. Yeah, I've been watching you play. I, you know, I don't want to be spoiled too much, but at the same time, I'm still in Dark Souls too. And I'm not going to remember when the time when I get to Dark Souls three. I might remember some of the like I'm going to remember when I get to the the Volnir. I'll remember that I have to hit his bracelets. I'll remember stuff like that. But yeah, but, but I'm not too. I, the, I think he would have gotten that anyway, just because they're big and glowing, and that's yeah. the total video game Maybe. sign. Well, the only thing is when you hit them, they don't do any damage to him. Yeah, when you hit his hands, that does damage. So I, I might have just sat, sat there whacking his hands, thinking those bracelets were just invincible. <laughs> but yeah, the bracelets are invincible until you hit him like three times or four times. Then they take off like a quarter of his health. Yeah. So that that's pretty cool. But yeah, I'll, I'll remember that. But for the most part, like the levels you've been going through, I'm not going to remember any of the shortcuts and stuff you found. So I'll pretty much be going into it pretty fresh. It'll probably be like another month till I get to Dark Souls Three. Yeah. And there's a bunch you haven't even seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it. most of the beginning of it. 
know, um, there's a there's a bunch of fun stuff in the beginning, and I've I've missed a bunch of stuff. I need to go back and pick up, uh, just because I've I've almost been rushing through the game because mm-hmm. I get impatient, which is are, terrible for a Souls game. Are, are you trying to do all the bosses, all the optional bosses and stuff? I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna try to do fun. Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of the in Dark Souls one and two, I had to look up optional bosses because a lot of them are pretty hidden. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's worth doing. I, mean, I like the optional bosses. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, the Crystal Mage was uh, Crystal Sage. Crystal Mage. Crystal Mage. Yeah, I think I watched a video of that. Yeah. That fight looks like a pain in the ass. It. it I actually died a couple of times on that one. Um, but once you get what you have to do. Like, uh, once, once you understand the mechanics of the fight, it's pretty easy to take them down. Yeah, that's the fun part is figuring it out. As long as, you know, some bosses are harder to get to than others. Like, usually if you have, a, if you have the bonfire and the shortcut, you can sort of get there pretty quickly. Not always. Sometimes you still have to fight a bunch to get there, which can be frustrating. Sometimes you do a suicide run. Yeah. That's, which, that's when you, uh, you run through the level and just ignore all enemies just to get to where you need to get to. Yeah, and Bloodborne, that was easy. And Bloodborne, as soon as you blow past an enemy, they forget you're there. Yeah. And Dark Souls 1 and 2 and maybe 3, they'll fall. Like, in Dark Souls 2, they'll follow you all the way to the boss gate and then from the beginning of the level. And then they'll, if they interrupt you as you're going into the boss gate, you just die. Jeez. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, because they, yeah, because they can interrupt you when you're going in. They, yeah. They don't interrupt you in Dark Souls 3 okay. if you're going in. But yeah, in Bloodborne, I got so used to, if there were certain levels, if I... I would just run through them until I, until I found the shortcut and just ignore the enemies. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I I don't think let's talk a little more about Dark Souls Two. Um, okay. Because I've I've played some of that and I remember watching you uh, when you were starting. You went to that area with all those knights instead of yeah. going to the forest area. Yeah. There's so yeah. Dark Souls Two has a similar thing where you can go to one of two areas. Like in Dark Souls 1, you ring these two bells. There's a harder one and an easier one. I went to the harder one. Not on purpose, just because it was closer and I thought, oh, I'll just go this way. Um, Dark Souls 2 is punishing is, is punishing as hell in the beginning. Like for a game, so these games, these are games where it's known that you're going to die a lot, right? And Dark Souls 2, your first death, you get an achievement. The <laughs> achievement is like, welcome to Dark Souls or something like that. And yet they punish you for dying in Dark Souls 2. Every time you die in, blood, in Dark Souls 2, your maximum health goes down. down to, it gets capped at 50%. So I would say for the first five hours of the game, I was just running around with 50% health. And the item you'd use to restore that is, is pretty rare in the beginning. That's uh, very similar to Demon Souls. Oh, it's uh, like that too? I've, yeah. I haven't played that where, yet. Uh, when you die, you, you lose a bunch of your health. Oh, and uh, you have to go go fight a boss to get it back. Oh, uh, shit. Dark Souls 3 kind of has that, where mm. you're embered or you're not embered. But when you're not embered, it's your full health. When you are embered, you get extra health. Oh, that's cool. So it makes it feel a little more fair, even though it's kind of identical mechanically. Okay, yeah. So when you're human in parts 1 and 2, I don't think you get anything. You don't get a bonus, except now you can summon phantoms if you want. Yeah, um, you can't summon phantoms if you're not embered. Right. Yeah, and, and in Dark Souls 2, you start out with one Estus flask, like one healing item, and you have to find every one. I think your, your max is... I'm at the end game now. I have 12. That's the max. I even have another Estus shard, but you can't level up past 12. They, oh. I guess they, they, they give you 13 shards in the game, but you have to find each Estus one by one. So I would say the first four or five hours, I had like two or three Estus flasks at, at any time. Oh, wow. I mean, you do have um, healing gems, which are consumables, which you can buy, so that sort of mitigates that. But... um. Yeah, it's just it's a very punishing beginning, and after that, after the first few hours, it's it becomes a lot easier. Like the bosses in Dark Souls Two, I would say seventy to eight seventy to eighty percent of them are like one to two one to two try bosses. Like even the ones that take me two tries, it's sort of like, oh, I wasn't ready for a boss. Oh, what's that attack? I've never seen that. Ah, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Then you go back again. You know what you're doing. And you just kill them. So they've definitely gone like quantity over quality in Part Two. I think there's like something like forty some bosses in Part Jeez. Two. I think there's like twenty some bosses in Part One. Uh, and just so many of the bosses are just not really that well thought out, and they're just pretty easy. That's, um, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But the, the level design is harder. The right? levels are a lot harder, I would say, in Dark Souls 2. They're, they're definitely a lot more punishing, a lot more ambushes, um, stuff like that. I think they kind of did a mix of the two in Dark Souls 3, where uh, some of the levels are extremely difficult, but the bosses are easy, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. Wilnir. And... Um, but with like Abyss Watchers, the area around him is is kind of easy uh, once you know what's going on in the area. But those those guys, 
are hard as hell, at least in my opinion. They mm-hmm. fighting fighting the Abyss Watchers was uh I feel like that was the real opening to the game. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that fight. I think I'm gonna have trouble with that. I think they like they sort of um after Dark Souls 2 and the way people responded to certain things, they sort of scrapped some of those things and went back to, to like Dark Souls 1 with like... So you can you can kindle bonfires and stuff in 3 or something to get more flasks or... Yeah, yeah, or, you throw bone shards in to get uh, to get like plus 2, plus 3. Okay. On, uh, so they heal better. Uh, and then you give the Estus shards to, uh, to the blacksmith. Okay. So yeah, I've heard... So not just in plot, like, you know, Dark Souls 3 is a direct sequel to, to 1. I, I believe it's also, like, sort of in spirit more of a sequel to 1. Because, yeah. you know, 2 was, like, a, was was it a different team or something? I, I don't know. I know, like, Miyazaki wasn't involved in the, the, the lead, like, designer oh, of all these games. He wasn't involved in 2. Oh. So. Well, that's that explains a lot. Yeah, that's why also the story goes in sort of a different direction. I've I've heard from a lot of Dark Souls fans that 2 is, is their least favorite. I think that's kind of the general consensus. Yeah, I think it's either your least favorite or it's your favorite. Yeah, like, it was only my favorite for a time because it was the only one I played. Oh, <laughs> so that's not really fair. Yeah, because when I was playing in the early game, when everything was just kicking my ass, I was like, I thought this was your favorite. Why would you think that? This is terrible. <laughs> then watching you play, I'm like, maybe this isn't my favorite. Yeah, it's painful at first. I mean, that that one you really have to just push through it. Yeah. I have a friend who played it pretty religiously and uh, really loved it. And he's the one who t- taught me how to uh, start start out. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like that that game in particular is not as good at tutorializing you. Um, well, it actually has a tutorial area, but it's just for attacking and blocking. Yeah. And then there's a, like, it doesn't tell you what adaptability is. Yeah. Like it's, I'm like, what's this new stat? I'm just going to ignore it. Then I read, no, you have to like prioritize that. But you you get more levels in two. Like I think the um, the uh, the number of souls you need to advance that doesn't jump as fast in two. So like I think I'm level 150 in, in two. Oh wow! Which is I think normal. Whereas I think in Dark Souls one I finished I was I was like around level 90 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So so you get more level points, but you have to know how to allocate them, or you're you're gonna get screwed. You're not gonna be able to roll. Like yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna be fat rolling even when naked basically in Dark Souls two. Yeah yeah. So I didn't, I haven't, because of the adaptability stat, I haven't been running through Dark Souls 2 naked at all. So I get to wear armor. Yeah. But I mean, running around naked is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound fun. Especially because I'm mostly not, I'm mostly hollow, which means I'm not, I'm not human. So I'm just like this gross zombie looking thing. (laughs) I think I'm, I think I'm a gross zombie. I think I'm wearing like a tube top. Like I've got this dragon priestess armor or something that's just a tube top so i'm like this zombie lady with a tube top <laughs> that's fun so i sort of look like i'm naked but i'm actually wearing armor yeah it's fun you're not fully naked and when you say naked it just means you're not wearing certain accoutrement yeah you're just wearing like a loincloth and if you're a woman you're wearing like 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 a cloth over your, your chest and something like that yeah have you run into any fun glitches no i don't have i I don't think so. I've run through like, you know, sometimes enemies will just go flying or something like that. I don't think that's a big deal, but I haven't seen anything fairly funny. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't run into anything funny. I've seen a few fun glitches on uh, on YouTube, but uh, um, there's one glitch. I, I did abuse a hitbox uh, mm-hmm. on a tree at, at Firelink. Uh, there's a key you're supposed to get that costs 20,000 souls. And then it gives you access to the upper levels of Firelink where there's like a monster and stuff. But there's also an Estus Shard and Large Titanite you can get there. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to level up my sword, so I wanted that Large Titanite. So what you do is you run up halfway up the tree and then just jump toward the roof and you can land on it. And then oh. you can just collect all that shit. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty fun. And they just leave it in the game. Because um, mm-hmm. I think I don't consider those really cheating if they're in the game and they're staying in the game, I consider that part of the game. Yeah, I've I've cheesed a few things. I, I I use a bow in both games, and I'll I'll just cheese a boss or not. I don't think I've cheesed a boss. Well, other than the ancient dragon where I just hit its toes, <laughs> but uh, no, I have cheesed a boss. There's a, there's a boss where it's a chariot running around, and uh, you accidentally cheesed that one though. Yeah, I didn't know how to beat it. It just this chariot runs around and bowls you over, and. Uh, I found like a nook, like a nook in the wall where I could hide and just shoot an arrow every time I went by, and eventually, it got stuck in a hole and then I killed it. But apparently, <laughs> you're supposed to run around 
to the other side of the area and fight monsters. And there's a lever you can push that'll that'll drop a wall and cause the chariot to crash. I didn't know that. So I spent, I think the fight took 20 minutes. I stood, stood in the corner. Every time the thing came around, shot an arrow until its health and did like 50 damage and gradually just killed it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's cheesing. I've done I've done other things where I've intentionally cheesed, where I saw like a dragon in the distance that w- wasn't a boss boss, but it's like I'm not going there. I'm just going to stand here and shoot poison arrows at it till it dies. <laughs> there's there's a dragon in Dark Souls three at the beginning that you're supposed to cheese. Uh, oh really? If you if you just shoot it with uh, with an arrow, mm-hmm. uh, if you shoot it enough times, it took me like sixty arrows to get it to do anything. But it just gets angry and leaves, and it oh, never really? comes back. And it gives you uh, gives you like twinkling. T- Twilight, uh, Titanite or something like that. Oh, cool. I don't think it gives you large Titanite. It gives you something nifty. Maybe no, not an Estra shard. It's Titanite of some kind. Um, do you have any uh, final thoughts you want to share before uh, before we end our episode? I don't think so. You know, I'm gonna play Dark Souls two. I'm gonna finish Dark Souls two, then go to three, then Demon Souls and Sekiro, and then. I think you're going to play Sekiro too, right? Yeah, I think I might play that one. Uh, well, no, I'm going to play Dark Souls next and oh, right. see how 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 far I get into it because I'm not sure if I'm going to like it because I started with Dark Souls three and that's kind of what I'm used to now. Yeah, but uh, Sekiro is the one I'm really excited to try. Yeah, me too. We'll definitely. I guess we'll do an episode on that in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that's going to be our time for this episode. Uh, we'll catch everybody next time, and thanks for hanging out.